Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon here on a Monday. Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller. And we are with you for the next couple of hours. Appreciate you spending some of your morning here with us as we talk sports with you. The BMW of Des Moines guest lists has the following slated. Bottom of the hour, Scott Dockerman writes for The Athletic. He will join us on Iowa. Wrote a good piece on Iowa State football. Knew he was in Ames for a couple of days. Wondered why he stayed over. Uh, But uh, we found out he was doing a piece on Matt Campbell. And that is uh, up at The Athletic as well. So Scott Dockerman at 10.30. At 11.05, we'll head to Vegas Circus Sports, who will be in the state of Iowa coming up this week. Uh, they'll be over in Council Bluffs, but Mike Palm will be here with us at 11.05. Uh, sounds like the properties got walloped yesterday in the NFL. wonder if they'll still be able to make the trip. I think they're going to be okay. As bad as it was for many of them. Uh, and then uh, Michael Swain at 11.25. We'll come in here. We'll talk some Iowa State. Iowa State, uh, another win to improve to 10-0 yesterday. Not the prettiest of affairs by any means, but a win's a win. Uh, we'll do basketball. We will do football and do a little recruiting with Michael Swain coming up here at 11.35. I guess the NFL will start, but we're good to see you, by the way. It's been over a week. How are it you? Has, uh, yeah, I'm doing all right. It's been a, a trying week and a half, but back in the seat and. Happy to be here. Thanks to Andrew Downs for running the ship as we uh, had some scheduling conflicts that yep. came up, had a funeral, had a sick kid. You were out to, what, Tucson? Tucson, yep. For a few days and uh, back in a little normalcy, which is a good thing. Absolutely is. Um, no doubt about it. If we can get the bull schedule to move up a little bit, that would even be better. I, I'm looking forward to the Bulls, Trent, as I always do every year. But you know what? This year, for for the first time in, in a long time, I'm... And then again, the whole season has not made sense to me. Mm-hmm. But those confidence pools? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm pulling my hair out. It's tough. It's a tough slate to get. I think the matchups from a sports betting perspective um, are very evenly matched. I mean, I don't, nothing stands out to me. How about you? The confidence pool where you got to put like what forty two forty bulls points, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's your most, that's your best, and the other one, you know, one, two, three. I, I don't have much. I'm with you. I have a lot of games that I put in the seven, eight, nine point range. Looking at it that way, I had a crazy idea. I want to throw this by you. So as we know, we get to a college football playoff that expands. Mm-hmm. Hopefully twelve. Hopefully we will get there. But when it gets to that point, and bowl games will be diminished even more. What is going to stop? college football to say, you know what? I mean, they just made up a bowl game a week before they announced <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Right. And why don't we put bowl games together for everybody? Mm-hmm. Why don't we put it because you wouldn't watch Syracuse, Nebraska? Yes. Right. And those two, those schools that aren't bowl eligible, they don't need the extra practice? Right, exactly. They yeah. do. I, I know it is, quote-unquote, for getting to six wins, this is mm-hmm. what it is. A payout, yeah. But yeah. ultimately, who cares? No, I'm with you. It's TV inventory. Right. And at this time, where we're looking for TV inventory, mm-hmm. and instead of this weekend getting ready for you know, Louisiana Lafayette and their magic, we'll watch it, but come Right. On. Instead, do, do you what get... we had last year, Trent. Remember yeah. last year with the big, we had the, the Big Ten doing the crossover games? Right. 
I mean, Rutgers, Nebraska, who cares, right? I watched every minute. Right, exactly. But you get a matchup of, I don't know, TCU against Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm watching. Right. So what is stopping us getting to that point? The extra bowl practice, like you said, mm-hmm. everybody gets it. We're all playing the same race. Everybody has an even playing field. And you get more of these TV matchups. And you get, frankly, more games on the front end because going through these first games, Northern Illinois, Coastal Carolina. All mm-hmm. right, a couple of programs, you know, but yeah. come on. Are you really excited about that game? Not unless you bet it. Not unless you bet it. Right. Betting it. So what is, could we get to that point? A lot of, a lot of windshield time for me, a lot of crazy ideas <laughs> popped through my head. Yeah. And that was one of them. Why not? What's stopping them from just yeah. saying, everybody, you got 130 teams, we got 65 bowl games, let's go. Mm-hmm. I'm in. Let's do it. Who do I make the call to? Uh, I, I'm Emmer- with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kevin Warren. No. He's pretty good at scheduling. Uh, yeah, look, it, it it makes too much sense for it to happen. The other thing is 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 scheduling regular season scheduling. Mm-hmm. I mean, why why do we have to schedule games in 1936 with the return in 1938 <laughs> right, or 2038-20? Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? Why go that far? Why not do it every couple of years? Well, and that's what the alliances talk more and more about. Klavikov, I, I heard an interview with that's, him. That's the guy that brought it up, exactly. From the Pac-12, the new commissioner, mm-hmm. a guy that comes from the outside, and he kind of looks around and says, why in God's name are we doing it this way? Mm-hmm. Doesn't it make a whole lot of sense? And Way all of a sudden, sense. in January, after the national championship game, all right, you see who's declared early, you see kind of rosters coming yeah. back, you put it together, all right, we got these matchups, these teams this year need to be home, these ones need to be away. You know how the NFL schedule, what a big Precisely. deal that is? Precisely. And you have these games that come out then, gives us conversation pieces, which is a great thing too, but trying to make college football instead of this three-month sprint that it is, spread it out a little bit totally. more. Look what the NFL has done. They they own the media landscape. I'm not saying it's going to go to that mm-hmm. extent, but to your point, why not have another big day or big event weekend? Uh, schedule unveil where yes. you find out who your team is or the team that you cover is going to be uh, facing on their schedule for this year with the return the next year. And every couple of years you have this big day, this big unveil. Th- I'll say this about uh, Klyavkov, um, the new commissioner of the Pac-12. He came from the entertainment industry, mm-hmm. believe he's an MGMer. He gets it. He's going to do some things that are outside the box instead of doing it the well. It's always been done this way. Well, therefore, he can't change, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what he's continued to run Absolutely. into. And it's great to have these new names and new voices out there and new ideas that come along with it. You know, the hold up to the 12 team playoff. I get the Big Ten, the ACC, the Pac 12s. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We were not part of these conversations. Right. Let's pump the brakes. I understand that. Now the SEC doesn't want to do anything because it works out really well for them. They get 50% of the field. And hearing Kevin Warren say, well, we still have to protect the Bulls. Why? Mm. Why do you have to protect the Bulls? What is the point of You know of what I think he means? Bulls? I think he means one bowl. Oh, absolutely. I'm, look who now works for the Rose Bowl. Right. Jim Delaney. <laughs> Precisely. He's a guy that kept this stupid thing alive. I love the Rose Bowl. It was a great experience. Mm-hmm. I get it. It's still important. It still has its place. But you got to adapt. No, and, and the Rose Bowl has to adapt with it, or they're going to be left out, and, and that's what you're going to ultimately get to. Even the idea of the quarterfinals still having to be involved in the bowl process. At least we got past the point where even those first four games, the 5-verse-12, 6-verse-11 on through, are going to be played, it looks like, on home campuses. But why not the quarterfinals? You're going to tell me Alabama's never going to be able to host a playoff game? How hmm. stupid is that? Yeah. What, what's going to be better? Alabama versus the 8 seed, Michigan State. Playing that game... In the Sugar Bowl, we're playing that game on campus. It's not even close. 
Have you ever thought, boy, that environment, what an envi- incredible environment it was for a bowl game. But you flip on every Saturday and you talk about the great environments across college football. It just, again, doesn't make enough sense. Ultimately, though, Kevin Warren, who cares about the Rose Bowl? Get past that. Get this thing done. You know, the Big 12 probably stands to lose the most if they don't get the Power 5 conferences to get the automatic bid with the new structure of that league. Yet Bullsby says, I'm looking to do what's best for college football. How about that? A guy that actually his conference right. would be in the most trouble in some of these circumstances, mm-hmm. yet he says ultimately what he cares about is the best for college football. We need more Bob Bullsby's. No, we do. I was surprised he said it as well, Trent, because like you say, it, it didn't uh, necessarily go against the best interests or with the best interests of uh, of his conference. We'll see. I think the, the I was going to say the the Big Twelve will be fine. They'll be okay. Mm-hmm. They're they're still using, losing Oklahoma and Texas, but they're getting some heavy heads in this conference. They, are. they really are. You know what, Bob Bullsby, as, as as bad as he looked when the uh, defection took place uh, after saying the day before at Big Twelve media days. And I don't know. We don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. It's really not on the radar. And then to get the bomb drop that he did and have to get the biggest towel you've ever seen to wipe all the egg off his face. How he was able to put pull this thing together, I give him full marks. I mean, we're at that time of the year where we're looking at um, you know movers and shakers in two thousand and twenty one. Bob Bolsby's got to be on some lists. I mean, he had an eventful year. Yes, he did. He was able to salvage it. He was. At a very, very good right. spot. Yeah, it's not the Big 12 of old, but with BYU and Cincinnati uh-huh. and UCF, which continues to be a sleeping giant, yep. you got a real conference there. you I'm got a real you. conference that is going to have a playoff team, even if there is an automatic bid, but nine out of ten years, mm-hmm. they're going to be in. There's going to be a fluky year, maybe, that you're not in the top 12, but it's going to happen for most everybody short of the SEC. Look at the ACC this year. Without an automatic bid, they wouldn't have had a playoff team, right? No, for sure. Would, would not have been in, in. No. in a 12-team field. Right. So that's what you're looking at here. And ultimately, the dragging of the feet, and it's mostly the alliance conferences that are doing it. Just get it done. Yeah, this, It makes too much sense. There's, there's, there's so many voices. Everybody wants one. I'm, I'm, with, I'm with you. I think Bullsby really uh, uh, shows himself well in this regard. So we, we shall see. All right, uh, moving on. NFL from yesterday, the... Um, I guess we should start with your Bears, right? Oh, boy. You know, for 30 minutes, Trent, that was entertaining as hell. Mm-hmm. That was entertaining Big as hell. plays. Oh, huge plays in that football game for both sides in the game. Um, but then at the at the end, the Bears do what the Bears do. I mean, punting? Come on. Punting? with You, you need, Fourth what, six inches. inches? And then they get the ball. Oh, no, he stepped out of bounds. Yeah. What did you think of that call? It wasn't great. but It wasn't great. I'm with you. I'm so beat down by this team and this organization. Mm-hmm. Just, eh. I mean, game changer because he muffed yeah. the punt. Yeah, Bears get a touchdown. Who? I mean, if they get the ball, they score a touchdown. Who knows how it ends? Right, it's a one-score game. Massive play uh, at that juncture of the football game. Um, but man, oh man, this, this can the Packers? Of course, they can. Will mm-hmm. they? Are they the best team in football? Yes, because of still what can this team can be with health? Continue yeah. to get better. Just looking at the way you know, that offensive line continues to maul, even with all the inju- injuries mm-hmm. that they've had and. Bakhtiari, what's he going to be in in January? Is he? Is he back to an all-pro guy with what those young guys have done up front? And he got Rodgers and the way he controls Mm -hmm. the game. And is he a diva? Yeah. Is he a pain in the ass guy? I would but, not. Want, uh, you know what, I would not. Of, I not want. I would not want to be part of that organization. Right. Just dealing with him on a day to day basis. But aren't most of the good ones kind of they got a little quirk in them? Oh sure, yeah, yeah. Probably you go through and they all and Brady obviously 
with his avocado ice cream and everything else as he's running the football all over the place yesterday. It just, yeah, they all have a little bit. He seems to be taking it to a different level, though. Uh, maybe my biggest takeaway from the NFL weekend was, uh, and he's a former Hawk, is George Kittle. Wow. Trent, he looked like the best tight end in football yesterday. Mm-hmm. He's had an injury-plague season, the last couple, actually. My God, the Bengals just had no answer for George Kittle. George Kittle makes um, helps up Jimmy Garoppolo so much by some of these acrobatic catches. That was an entertaining football game. It really was, and the, we needed it after the early. Yeah, window. the early window wasn't good. I'm with you. No. It was. I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to remember where I ended up on the early window. There. Ravens Browns probably right, that, and you know what the the football team making a little bit close yes. in, the, in the game after coming back. What were they down twenty four zip? Yep, I think at one point that was entertaining. And if you had the Washington football team plus six and a half. Yeah. That missed extra points. Yeah, they loomed pretty large. I was grumbling at my radio on the drive home yesterday. Uh, that loomed, yeah, that loomed pretty large. What else was good in the early one? There really not much. I mean, the Chiefs, that game was over. It was 7 yeah. nothing a minute into the game. There was a fumble and uh, picked it up and scoop and score. Um, so where are you with this Kansas City team? Uh, Super Bowl contender yes, again. No, no problems, no worries. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Uh, they're they're a- back. And it's the defense, Trent, as right. much as anything. Is it just... Getting a little healthier, yes. Mm-hmm. But a couple of the impact guys that they brought in. And- what if they got left? So we know they play Monday night against the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Big game. Yes. Big game. Then they host the Steelers. They go to Cincinnati before um, going to Denver to finish out the season. So Chargers, Steelers, Bengals, Broncos. Chargers look like a playoff team. Sure. Steelers don't. Broncos aren't. Bengals Boy, that's a big spot for Cincinnati once we get to that weekend, uh, the first Sunday in September. That's a big spot for them. Um, uh, is, is the AFC going through Kansas City with that schedule? 4-0. Does it look like 4-0 to you? Let's say 3-1. Say 3-1. And one. One. Say okay. three and one. Yeah. So 3-1, and one, that gets them to 12-5. and five. Yeah. Who else is getting to 12? Titans? No. I don't think so. Man, their schedule's easy. Is it? They got some Jacksonville and Houston. Well, not as easy as I thought on the surface. I remember us talking about this a while back. Steelers this week on the road. Okay. Tough game. 49ers on Thursday. Tough Short game. Week, but yeah. they get it at home. And that's the final Thursday game of the year. Pretty good one. Right. Dolphins. Two left. Which looks more difficult it now does. than it did, I think, when yeah. we talked about this last. Yeah. And then at the Texans to wrap up. So more tough. Yeah, they're not getting a 12. I don't think so. What I think about the, two losses? Do the Patriots. Do the Patriots. Here is New England. They go Saturday at Indianapolis. Love that. We get our Saturday games. Tough game. At Indy. Colts a two-point favorite in that game. Mm -hmm. Home for the Bills. Bills will beat them. What? Bills will beat them. Nah. Bills Bills are going to be in a spot they got to win. In New England? I'll take the Bills. Belichick being able to use the motivation of McDermott's stupid quotes after the game. Ripping on Belichick. I'm not buying it. Okay. Jags after that. I win. And then at Miami. A place that historically they Been have tough. they have Been struggled. Tough. Yep, at least it feels. Probably look back and they're actually. So what's the moral of the story? The AFC goes through Kansas City yeah, again. That's, that's what we get to. They get the bye, man. After From what they this team was in October, they were. Oh my god! And even at twelve and five, you said before the year twelve and five is going to get you the bye. No way. No. Nope. Chance. Nope. 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 Couldn't see it. Let's do the let's do the NFC real All quick. Right. 
Number one seed is the Green Bay Packers or Arizona? I don't know. I They've got the tiebreaker over the Cardinals. Is there another loss? Let, look at the Cardinals' schedule first. Of they can beat tonight. Yep. They host the Rams. Boy, the Rams, they feel like they really need that game. So let's give Arizona a win just for okay. you know, what's in giggles, okay? Then they go to the Lions. Okay. <laughs> Home for the Colts. Tricky spot. At the Cowboys. That's Christmas Day, too, is it not? It is, yes. Christmas night, I mean. At the Cowboys. Tough spot. And they finish up at home against Seattle. Who is Won't have anything to play for. Nothing, nothing. But divisional game at the Mm -hmm. end of the season. We've seen things happen uh, at home at Arizona. Too bad. For that one. Well, let's look at the Packers. A lot of divisional games. Yeah. As they wrap things up here. Ravens this week on the road. Tough spot. Home for the Browns. Tough. What Cleveland team shows up. Yeah. Vikings at home. And that is when? Is that a prime timer? It's not a prime timer. It is Sunday night. Okay. January 2nd, and they wrap up at the Lions. Uh, Two wins, maybe? So that gets you to 12? I see three. Okay. That gets you to 13. Does that get you enough? They got the tiebreaker and over the Cardinals? they got the tiebreaker. I think so. 13 and four, and the tiebreaker mm-hmm. goes their way. Cowboys in it or no? What are the Cowboys? I'm the Cowboys they pro- They'd have to run the table. Yeah. Dallas finishes up with the Giants on the road this week. Win. Another game against the football team, two and three. But in so Dallas, weird. yep. So two, then that Cardinals game, tricky. That's so important. And what's their finish at Eagles? Maybe tricky. Uh, yeah. I'd, I'd, for these purposes, I'd cross Dallas out. So we got four weeks left of football left, and really nothing decided yet. Yeah, this extra game has created just uh-huh. such a slog. Yeah. And, the day are are we getting to the point of a days of a even fifteen and two type of team are maybe over the extra week it, mm. on the surface again this is just a feeling thing this is there's no numbers backing it up don't feel good, like if guys are close injury wise to playing they've been sitting out a little bit mm-hmm. more and I think that extra game has something to do with it mm-hmm. and knowing also that there's only one buy to play for as opposed to the two. I think that also has something to sure do with it. Sure, it does. Which is why I selfishly hope that the Packers, uh, Packers, the Chiefs, Broncos games mean, mean something mm-hmm. on the ninth of January. So we see Mahomes and company, right? Yeah. Um, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Well, we shall see. Um, what else? Want to take some calls? Yeah, absolutely. Four five nine six six. If you want in here, you can uh, jump in here at this point. Uh, again, Scott Dockerman coming up on Iowa. Uh, Tom Cakert, who joined me on Friday, um, he let out this little nugget that watch for some Tyler, potentially some Tyler Goodson news. And boy, oh boy, was he right on the money with that. It's look, he's a running back. The um, you don't have the most tread on your tires. You, it's at that position, as we know, it's it's not you're not long for the league as the running at the running back position, unless you're Gore or <laughs> Peterson. Uh, very few of them. Um, on the surface, I get why he did it. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to be drafted. No, and that doesn't mean he won't play in the league. Sure. I mean, look look at the uh, look at the number of running backs that uh, I mean. I was watching the Broncos in Detroit yesterday. Some guy, some guy from Kutztown State, was was hauling the mail for the Lions yesterday. Played pretty well. So point being is, you just got to just got to find the right spot. You're excited the right about the Craig Reynolds' experience yesterday. That's what it was. Reynolds, yeah, yeah. he actually ran the ball pretty hard. Uh, let's get Jeff in here, and then we'll clear these phones out. We will uh, continue on at two eight four five nine six six. Talking a little NFL. Jeff, thanks for being patient. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. 
Good. Hey, uh, so yesterday, I'm sure I was one of the rare few, but I watched that Cyclone uh, game at noon on ESPN+. Plus. Right. And, you know, you guys have been saying it. I want to say it, too. You know, uh, right now, you know, I was wrong with what TJ was doing, who he was bringing in, mm-hmm. his coaching style, his philosophy. I was dead wrong. Um, and it's working. You know, they're defending. They're getting after it. They're being scrappy. They're winning the 50-50 balls. They are outplaying pretty much everybody they're playing so far, and that's fantastic. Now, here's the glaring eye. There's two things. One, last yesterday, and in most games, they're shooting about, I don't know, in the low 40s to the mid-30s field goal percentage. Um, yesterday, they shot low 30s from three. Now, that could be telling, right? Now, here's their schedule. I, I have this because it's, it's very, I would say, difficult uh, by any means. And here's who they have to come up in the Big 12 yeah. real quick. Right. Good luck. Baylor, yep. Baylor uh-huh. Texas Tech, uh-huh. Sooners, Jayhawks, Longhorns, Red Raiders. Jeez. That's their first six games in the conference. So, so you know, Texas I, Tech I love, twice in the first two weeks? Texas Tech twice in the first uh, three weeks. Okay. So, you know, I'm enjoying Oof. what TJ's doing, and I'm enjoying how they're playing. It's fun to watch. I uh-huh. love what Fred, what Fred was doing was unbelievable. But they have never played defense. The way they're playing for Fred or whoever, it's refreshing. Yes, it is. But on the flip side, they've got to make shots, guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're getting really good looks for this first month. And if you're shooting in the mid-30s for field goals yeah, it's not and good for enough. threes, yeah. it's not good enough. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, Jeff, for being patient. Appreciate the call. Uh, and he's 100% right. Boy, I, did, I knew the schedule was Baylor to begin. I mm-hmm. didn't realize as daunting as it was after that. And uh, looking at the Ken Pomeroy numbers for those first six games of the Big 12, yeah. they are projected to lose every one of them. Yeah. Now, this, again, we talked about this even before the Iowa State game. We have still not got to the point where all the numbers are the for Palm, this season. Right, right. So last year st- certainly factors in, but favored to lose by eight to Baylor, two to Texas Techs, five at Oklahoma, uh, 14 at Kansas, two at home against Texas, and eight on the road against Texas Tech. I mean, even at two and four, though. You'd sign for that in a heartbeat. You'd sign for that. For the team that is right now a number one seed <laughs> from Jerry Palm, yeah. Bracketology not at CBSSports.com. They've... They've earned that. Yes, to this point they have. That collection of victories has done that, and they'll finish up non-conference undefeated with Southeastern Louisiana coming up on Sunday, and then Chicago State, who is just brutal. In fact, Chicago State plays Northern Illinois at noon today. Keeping an eye on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, NIU is terrible. Uh-huh. Uh, Keaton is with us. Hello, Keaton. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. What's on your mind? Hey, I, you guys are talking about the health of Kansas City, and that's huge, right? But I think a big portion is the the trade they made with Pittsburgh to get Melvin Ingram. Huge. Mm-hmm. That is allowed. You know, it's allowed Chris Jones to go yep. back inside where I don't know why they ever tried to put him at the end. But with him being inside and Frank Clark's now finally healthy, mm-hmm. and they're two well, their second year guy and their rookie Nick Bolton and Willie Gay at linebacker. I mean, they're flying around to the football. Yeah, it's the defense that right now is their calling card, Keaton. There's no question about it. The offense is what it is, right? It's, it's you got Mahomes and you got all those weapons, but you can stop some teams now. Um, you do. Are they the favorite in your mind in the AFC? I think so. Yeah, me I mean, too. it's got to be them in New England in the championship game right now. That's yeah. that's who I've got. Yeah, Keaton, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, Mitch Holtis, by the way, will join us on Thursday. Oh, He'll great. join us game day at eleven thirty. Um, 
you'll join. Well, obviously, the team will be in L.A. You normally joins us on Wednesday, but that's when they fly. Uh, so he'll join us Thursday. Papa Johnson, Central Iowa sponsors. Mitch, I think here we go again with the Chiefs. Yes. Question for you. We know the numbers probably for Sunday Night Football are going to be huge because it was a tight game for Last a half. Night, yeah, no, huge. Big rivalry game at Chicago. Yep. yep. And it's Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. The NFL gets a choice. They can gerrymander it and make this happen. <laughs> yeah. They get either... Brady? You know, I had no idea what gerrymandering was until about the last year. Oh, really? Is, is this something you guys grew up with? I, I mean, did you learn this in school? I don't know if we learned it. I guess it's just a term that... It's the craziest thing I've ever heard of. Conversation. Right. Belichick versus Brady for the Super Bowl. Oh, my. Or Aaron Rodgers versus Belichick for the Super Bowl. Oh, Brady Belichick. You think so? Yes. Not even close. Yeah. I mean, I don't, want to, I don't necessarily want to see that game. Because that kind of makes you a little nauseous. You know what? But Aaron Rodgers' last game in a Green Bay uniform. Do you really think it is? Yeah. I don't. You don't. I just, how do you leave that? Because they're starting, they've kind of turned. Because he's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. That's, he's a different cat, Trent. Yes, he is. He's, he's not going to let per- this one die. You don't think he I will? I don't think so. They, they gave him Randall Cobb when he asked. <laughs> they did. Um, they apparently are including him on some of these decisions. Don't you do whatever you want? I mean, can you the drop off between Favre to we say it all the time. There's no name me another franchise even more so than Montana to Young because mm-hmm. they didn't have the shelf life as these two cats have. Right, but Favre to Rogers to Jordan Love, I mean that's off a cliff. Well, it's like Montana to Young to Jim Drunkenmiller. Is that what it was? Get <laughs> bed. Ooh. Um, that was rough. Yeah, no, the, or Peyton Manning to Trevor Simeon. Manning at the end wasn't the guy, but you, you want to talk quarterbacks? I, I can go down a road with you. you. We only got Peter two Tom, hours show. Peter Tom um, Willis. But if you're if you're Packers, don't you? What's it going to take? And just okay, fire Gutekunst. You win. Trade Jordan Love. Trade him. Fire Gutekunst. If if that's what Roger says, I will stay. If you do those two things, right? Do you do it? Yes. You fire your GM. You can do whatever you want. Do whatever it takes. A guy that you're happy with. A guy that has built a really nice roster. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have a quarterback, you yeah. don't have a chance. And they've got a quarterback, a quarterback who's going to retire, and then once the eligibility period is up, march right into the Hall of Fame. He's 38. God, he'll be 39. No, he just turned 38. Uh, what's he got left? After seeing Brady, I don't know, three, four, five, you think ten he, years? Mm-hmm. He has completely, Brady has changed these conversations in such a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know if you can put a number on it. Hmm. Where's he going to go? Denver? I think Pittsburgh. If he leaves, I think Ooh, Steelers. That's a good one. Him and Tomlin are tight. And they need a quarterback in the worst way. You know who else needs a quarterback in the worst way? Jerry Judy. <laughs> he's got to be frustrated as hell. He's got to catch the ball, too. Well, he's dumb. he's been better in that than his, than his rookie year. I mean, he's open all the time. And Roger, check down Charlie. Did he play at Iowa, Teddy? Did he play for the Hawks? Got a hawk quarterback style in this. I'll tell you that much. We'll take a timeout. Uh, it's almost ten thirty. We'll come back with Scott Dockerman speaking of the hawk. I know he didn't play. He played. He didn't play. He played yeah, Louisville. Yeah. Um, but tried to make it funny. They think he went to a camp with Ken O'Keefe. Or maybe something? that. Maybe more could've so. Been, that yeah. could have been it. We will um, come back with Scott Dockerman. He will opine on Iowa. Also did a good piece on Matt Campbell and what he means to that program. Uh, we will get Michael Swain in here in about an hour. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3. Roofing.net.
Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back. 1035 on a Monday. We take you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Let's get our friend Scott Dockerman in here from The Athletic. He spent a couple of days last week in Story County. Uh, Doc, uh, Trent, and Ken, I wondered what you were doing. You were, I knew you were at the women's game, and then I saw you were trying to find a place to park at the bar and have some grub and uh, get a, a drink or two. And I wondered, what the hell is Doc doing staying over? And then I read the piece in The Athletic, which um, you used your time wisely. It's a good read. How are you, Scott Dockerman? I'm doing well. Yeah, it was a nice couple of days in central Iowa. First went to Xavier and Wakpa's uh, commitment and then went to, uh, uh, as you said, the Iowa State game. I also went up to Gowry and visited one of the more impressive uh, prospects that I've ever seen uh, at the high school level, uh, Aaron Graves. So, yeah, it was a it was a busy few days, but it was, uh, it, was, it was well spent, I think. Well, we'll get to the basketball in just a second. Let's start with uh, Wampa, who is going to – look, he could have gone anywhere, right? Uh, apparently, uh, listening to him and reading some of the pieces, uh, his quotes, etc., uh, it was the Penn State game that pushed him over the top, Doc. Uh, is that, was, was that your takeaway, that, you know, that Iowa wasn't going to be his destination and then he, you know, just uh, soaked in that atmosphere and that was what uh, put him over the top? I think that's what turned the tables for Iowa. Uh, before that, Iowa was among his top uh, prospects. And, uh, you, you know, he made several visits, and then he really wanted to go to that game. And they were playing Cedar Rapids Prairie on that Friday night. And so he decided to make it an official weekend. So it was a quick jaunt from the southern part of Cedar Rapids down to Iowa City. And, and he was on the field for what was a magical environment. And, you know, having, you know, 60,000 people pour onto the field. Uh, it really helped push him in that direction. And I think, but what, what constantly kind of he kept getting reinforced, I think more than anything else was uh, just when he was, um, you know, he went to the first game and he saw the two pick sixes by Riley Moss. And then he saw just how over the course of time, how everything was, uh, you know, how Iowa just kept getting all these interceptions. And, and like with any high level prospect, he's looking at it, saying, wow, if they can do that for those guys, what can he do for me? And I think at this point, that's that's what he likes, and, and that's what he'll try to do when he's a Hawkeye starting in January. Watched a lot of his games, called a lot of his games over the last three years, and Doc, he is impactful in so many different ways. Certainly his closing speed, something I've never seen at the high school level. Of course, I haven't called many five-star games throughout my career. But I'll tell you, Doc, you look at the future, what's going to be next. We'll see Kerner if he decides to come back for another season. If he does depart, though, there's going to be a spot at safety. Do you see Wampa early on being in that role, the cash position, and Dame Belton maybe switching back and becoming a safety again? What do you think at least early on the plans are going to be for Wampa, a guy you got to certainly get on the field early? I, I think he's probably going to play the role more by Kayvon Merriweather this year, okay. which is two-thirds player. Uh, Iowa does go with cash, probably about two-thirds of its possessions. And, uh, you know, Dane Belton is established. You know, he's one of the nation's high, you know, leading interceptors, a first-team All-Big Ten guy. There, He's got to play that role. I mean, no matter how talented uh, Xavier and Wonkba is, he's not going to do what Dane Belton has been able to do and really what Kayvon Merriweather is able to do this year. Now in two years, three years, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But but I think right now it would be smart just to keep him at safety, let him experience that, do that for a little while, and then 
uh, then when Belton and Merriweather go, then then yeah, transition them into, into Cash or or uh, you know the hybrid position that Belton has played. So he'll get there. But I think this year it, it's. Uh, He's very much in consideration, I would say, from day one to be a starter. No question. Uh, have they started to begin bowl preparations for Kentucky, Doc? I would think that they've probably had a practice or two, have they? Yeah, they had practices last week, but they're not looking at Kentucky yet. Right now what they're doing is they're concentrating on Iowa. And uh-huh. and really it's kind of uh, it's more small-time conditioning and and fundamental work because last week the, the coaches were out recruiting. It was a, it was their one big week since they had the other week was championship preparation. So that was really the only chance they got. So uh, yeah, it was just kind of all right. Today we're doing this, and it's it's all pretty you know cut and dried. Tyler Goodson departs. He is off early. He will not play in the Citrus Bowl against Kentucky. Look to the future of the running back spot. Of course, we got to see quite a bit of Gavin Williams mm-hmm. this year. There's also LaShawn Williams back there that we saw some glimpses of. Take us to the future, what you see at the running back position for Iowa. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, you've got five guys that'll be back for sure and uh, right now, and, and Gavin Williams has to be at the top of the list. I mean, he worked his way up to being the number two. He was a rotational guy, and I thought he looked really good. I, I thought he really does a nice job of pressing the hole at the right time. Uh, and getting north and south, and I think that's something that's really effective in this offense. Well, Sean Williams, we haven't seen a whole lot of, unfortunately, but I think he's I think he's pretty good. So we're going to see a lot of him in the bowl game. My guess is, and and uh, he's going to make a real effort to, to play. But uh, you know, as we've seen through some of the pictures, uh, Caleb Johnson, I believe he plans to enroll in January. Big physical, thick player, and uh, now a four star by rivals, and and uh, just he seems to check like all those boxes. And if anything, you know, you, you kind of look at him and I'm just trying to project him worst case scenario. He's maybe like uh LaShawn Daniels. And if that's, if that's the low end, that's pretty good. Work. If he's got, if he's got more speed and quickness, then, uh, you know, dare I say Sean green capabilities. And then finally jazz one, uh, Patterson, uh, I believe he's enrolling as well. Maybe I got those two mixed up, but uh, he uh, he's coming in January, and he's more of a quicker player out of southern Florida, out of Deerfield Beach, and he'll be there. And then finally, you know, I liked a little bit of what I saw from Devin Hilson. I think he's got a really good uh, skill set. So um, Iowa has some some qualified backs with a lot of uh, ability. So I, I'm I'm impressed by what they're going to have both in the spring and then in, in the fall next year. Doc, how do you think uh, bowl preparation and the bowl game itself, how will they handle the quarterback position? Don't they? Don't you almost have to believe both of them are going to play in the game? We know it's usually the one gets most of the reps leading into it uh, with the other ones. How will they handle that, do you think? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question and one that I hope to you know get a little more information on. Uh, you know, last week wasn't really one, again, the week where they started splitting up reps and stuff. But if I was to make a guess, I think they're probably going to slide towards Padilla. Um, mm. I think, you know, towards the end of the game, he did provide a little bit more of a spark. And, and they've got to come to this uh, – they, they've, they've got to reach this conclusion of, okay, which way do we go for next year? Do you make it a complete and open competition in the off season? That's probably not the best-case scenario for both quarterbacks because they're going to want to know. It's a different position. So I, I would expect there to be some sort of finalization, maybe during bowl prep. Certainly, in the day, you know, a day or two, three after the bowl, um, as to which direction they're going to go, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if you see Padilla taking more snaps. Now that there's no more Deuce Hogan, I think that's really the um, 
you know, you, you've got to you've got to make your choice. And do you feel if you feel like you've got a quarterback there that you know can maybe has an upward trajectory, it's Padilla is the one you want to get a stronger look at. And uh, that that would be my guess right now. Now, if they feel like that Spencer Petras is the best person to win that bowl game, then uh, you know that then you, you've got to really analyze the position differently. So you look to the future, also the youngsters. We've heard a lot about Joey Labus, uh, some buzz with him as he's gone through his first season this year, the freshman on campus. And also Carson May coming in from Oklahoma, big prospect, move around a little bit, can make some plays that way. Uh, again, it's guesswork here. Obviously, whoever sticks around between Petrus and Padilla will be at least the front runner for the job next year. What do you know about those youngsters? Yeah, I've heard a lot of really good things from people in the program about Joey Labus that He's done a really a remarkable job of getting the defense ready. That he's you know kind of both a fiery guy, but um, just you know plays with poise. So you got that combination that that's rare sometimes at a quarterback. Big and physical, has a good arm, can run, can do a lot of things. Now, how does that translate to Iowa's offense and beyond? I don't know. I mean, it, it, this is only his first year, and he's a scout team quarterback, but. But there are people in the program who swear by him. And so I would hope that he gets an opportunity. Now, Carson May is a different discussion because he's coming in. Now, he, he went from being basically unranked in May when he made his commitment to now being a four-star. So it does show some growth for him over the last handful of um, months and, and over his senior season, which is what you want from a quarterback like that. But, you know, uh, to, to walk in the door and be able to start, that's, that's probably pretty rare. I would expect, you know, the the one quarterback who stays between Petrus and Padilla to enter the offseason as the starter, and I would expect Labus to be the backup. And uh, and I my hope is that it becomes a, a quality competition in the in the spring because if Joey Labus is the best one, he's got to play. Yeah. And but I'll say this though too with with Nate Stanley. They had no problem putting him in as the backup as a true freshman, and he started as a true sophomore and beat out uh, Tyler Wiegers, who was a what fourth-year guy. So they have done that in the past. It just it's uh, we always kind of skew to the they're never going to do this. <laughs> right? Yeah, indeed. Uh, Scott Dockerman from the Athletic is our guest. Doc, when and and who do you believe will? Um... Submit paperwork for the NFL for them to take a look at uh, the draft prospects or what they need to do to you know to to enhance their NFL chances going forward. I mean, I would anticipate that Jack Campbell would do that. Maybe uh, maybe Jacobs, Dane Belton, who you mentioned. When when's the deadline for that, Doc? And and how many do you think will? Well, the the deadline. I mean, the decision deadline's not till you know mid January after the championship game, and and so I. I mean, I think you get up to five of your your um, uh, underclassmen who could do that. Uh, that they'll they'll evaluate. I mean, I, I think all those names make sense. Uh, ultimately, who I think will leave? Obviously, Tyler Goodson is leaving. I would mm-hmm. expect Tyler Linderbaum to leave because sure. he is a first round draft pick. He's He's done everything you want him to do, and, and he brings that extra element that every NFL team needs, which is just a toughness, and a, he's a pace setter and, and uh, you know, a tenacious person. So any NFL team, you, know, should, you should overdraft those guys rather than underdraft them. Um, out of the rest, I don't know that any of them will. Um, you know, you look at Jack Campbell or Sam Laporta or Dane Belton in particular, those three um, – if they if they went to the NFL draft, they're probably mid round guys. Mm-hmm. 
third, fourth, fifth round. I, I think that's fair. But I think with one more year, because all, none of the three redshirted, I think, and, and last year was kind of a partial year anyway in 2020, I think they all could take that step up and be, Dane Belton could be the defensive back of the year in the Big Ten. Jack Campbell, um, you know, is a second-team All-American. He could be a first-team All-American. And Sam Laporta might be one of the five best tight ends in the country by the end of the year and all move into that first, second-day range. And, and so it would behoove them, I think, to stay. But, hey, it's, it's their life and their body, not mine. Finish up with a little basketball. Scott Docterman from The Athletic joining us. Utah State on Saturday up in South Dakota. Pretty good Utah State team. Be a tough one. And then they finish up with a couple of cupcakes before conference play begins. Your takeaway after getting throttled up in Hilton. Three consecutive losses now for the Hawkeyes. Concerns all over the place, certainly defensively and rebounding. Overall, where you think this team is and where they're going in the future. Hey, my Western Illinois Leathernecks better not be a cupcake. <laughs> I can tell you that. No. Uh, I, I think that uh, all the concerns that maybe everybody had in the off season are, have rang true. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a team that has uh, has shortcomings, <laughs> literally, in the, at the post position, and at Illinois in particular, and Iowa State, the first half completely dominated the interior. And and I think what we saw in Ames was an energized basketball team in the Cyclones that were, that were clearly better that night. But really, they beat Iowa to every ball. They beat Iowa on the boards. They played with more passion and enthusiasm and toughness and, and did a great job of defending Iowa. Just it, Those games tend, can happen to anybody on the road. We've seen it year after year after year, so you kind of go, okay, those games happen. But So what I look at is those two losses, the Big Ten losses, they actually overperformed what I thought they would do. I mean, a seven-point loss at Purdue and then a four-point loss at home in Illinois. I thought those were really tough matchups for them early on. I didn't think they played real well um, against Iowa State, and that's that's something that they've got to come to grips with. But overall, they're, they're kind of right where I thought they would be, which is they get up and down the court, they struggle with defense, they struggle with rebounding, and they've got to get better in those areas. Otherwise, they're probably on the bubble, and, and I don't know that my opinion has changed that much, um, but I do think uh, Keegan Murray, uh, it was probably more of an aberration and, and a credit to Iowa State's defense to, to make him, what, miss his first 10 shots the other day. So, yeah. uh, you know, this, this is a team that's still in work in progress. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Doc, anything you'd like to promote coming up uh, this week? Yeah, I've uh, you know, it's a lot of signing day column uh, stories uh, tomorrow. I'll be publishing my story on Aaron Graves, who you know not a lot of people have talked about or know about. Right. But I'll be honest with you, his his film is as good as I've ever seen of any wow. defensive lineman, and that's a two A kid, Gallery, Iowa. But um, it made it made my my mouth drop. I mean, it was mm-hmm. that good, and it wasn't just because hey, he's going against kids smaller than he was. It was just how dominant he was. So very impressed. And so yeah, I'm writing about him tomorrow, and then some other stories, uh, recruiting related for the rest of the week. Well, until I turn the page and cover both the Cyclones and Hawkeyes down in Orlando. Oh, is that what you're doing? Good for you. So you'll be there for a while then. <laughs> yeah, I fly down there Christmas Day and uh, you know cover the Cyclones for the first few days, yeah. and uh, have probably a day or two over- overlap and and then finish up with the Hawkeyes. So, yeah, it'll be good to cover two really good teams and two really good evenly matched games. So, yeah, it should it should uh, end the year with a bang. Nice, uh, nice stuff. Good stuff, Dr. Uh, Scott Dockerman. We'll talk to you next Monday. Thank you, Doc. All right, thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. Scott Dockerman 
from the athletic. Good, uh, good news covering the Iowa State yes. perspective down there. I wonder if there's uh, the TV stations. They're going to go for the week, right? I oh, would absolutely, think. yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of helps the budget. It does. It's a pretty easy one, right? Right. Yeah. And do you send one guy? Or do you send two? Well, the old days would tend to, or right. minimum, we'll, we'll see. Um, but since it's one bold destination, say, it'd be a little nice. easier to send to, right? Do you, do you have an opinion on either one of them? Uh, I like Kentucky at first blush. I do, too. Um, I don't have a feel of Clemson, Iowa State, though. Now, I'm blaming you and Bama for that. Oh, really? Because I'm the same way. I'm watching the ACC because we couldn't talk about it. No, we're not. <laughs> right. No, move on. Um <laughs> Yeah, anyways, we'll come back, finish the hour. Uh, we are Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station. 106 points. Oh, 1-800-BETS-OFF. Then welcome back. Final couple of minutes of the first hour of the program. Nice award for a local guy, Trent Condon. Pat Hoberg, local umpire, has named, been named the umpire of the year in Major League Baseball. Good for him. Yeah, really cool. Uh, he is named the UEFL Umpire of the Year. This is the annual award that goes out and leads the voting. Number two on the list, Alan Porter, Joe West. Was third in the voting? Which, no, he wasn't. Which Come surprised on. me. <laughs> that's you know what? That's a that's a uh, a body of work award. Right? That's exactly how I yeah. I read that one too. But yeah, congratulations to Urbandale's own Pat Hoberg. And how, who do we know that knows him? Because you know why I'm asking. Yeah, I would. There's it's got to be a January morning that we can uh-huh. carve out an hour. Uh huh. Because I'm telling you, I think some of the best radio, some of the more the more fun times I've had doing this is when Coop. Mm-hmm. Eric Cooper, the late Eric Cooper, or McClellan, Tim McClellan would come in here. A little hot stove action in the middle of January. Yeah. Who do we know that, uh, that can uh, I'll make some grease calls. those skids? I'll talk to the baseball community that I know. Well, Tommy Birch would be probably a first phone no, call. Great point. Yeah, he, He's got a lot of those ins to the baseball community because that sounds great. Wouldn't that be some fun? cold January mornings. Yes. Not a whole lot going on. Let's talk baseball and Go real in depth with it. Oh, uh, I'd love to. I'd love to. Well, good for you, Pat Hoberg. I look forward to meeting you. Hopefully, uh, we can make that happen. We will head to Vegas. Mike Palm is going to join us from Circo. They'll be in the state on Friday over in uh, Pottawatomie County, Council Bluffs. Are we really going over there? On We're Friday? going to Council Bluffs. And I know we do have listeners, people that are over there. Stop on out. Going to be a fun time. We'll do our show from 10 to noon. Where are we going to be? Some Barley's or something? Barley's. Maybe Ken will even buy you a beer. No, but I'll see you there. (laughs) Hour two coming up next.